Hello, everyone. It's your Like Mother, Like Murder hosts. And we just wanted to remind you that our Mother's Day merch is up on our website at likemotherlikemurder.com. So if you guys are still looking for that special something for all the moms in your life, head on over. We have some custom stuff designed by yours truly. That's Get me. It, girl. That's me, That's guys. you. <laughs> yeah. And Joel. That- Joel helped too. (laughs) That's true. Go Joel. Bye. Us (laughs) truly. (laughs) All right. Go check it out. Okay. Love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. Welcome to Wine Time. I'm Rachel. And I'm Heather. Where two moms will pour a drink, espresso, wine, cocktail, who knows, and tell you stories or complain about moms. You will get the good, inspirational, uplifting, encouraging, the badass, we all know a badass mom, and the crime. Moms who have committed them and or survived them. This is Wine Time. The good, the badass, and, and the crime. Three, two, one, action. Hello, Wine Time. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, wine buckets. Wine buckets. Heather just did this three, two, one action thing, and I was on it. I was ready (laughs) for all of you guys. I miss you guys. I miss, you know what? Heather and I have not been recording as much as we normally do because holidays and life and living. And, you know, this is, it is what it is. But we still bring our episodes every week. So you guys don't know it, but we know it. We miss we can each feel other. feel it though. in our bones. Yes. Like, in our bones. It's gut wrenching. Gut wrenching. <laughs> Before we begin this, we are going to post this picture because we are both sporting. We are both representing today, if you will. Um, <laughs> Heather's over there in her wine time shirt, and I'm over here in my Die Mad Tom t shirt. So I love it. Dang, we be looking good. We be looking real good. (laughs) And, I mean, I say I'm going to post it, but for anyone who wants to see it, we have Patreon now, and you can go log on and see all of our videos. videos. Yeah, videos of us doing our thing. Doing our thing. Um, Let's start real quick with cheersing, because I need to drink for the episode that I'm about to be bringing you. Sounds like a plan. Um. So I actually, I have lemon cucumber water. Here it is. So beautiful. Beautiful. Delicious. And then I have lemon pila. (laughs) 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 This is, (laughs) it's like a shot of tequila with like soda water and a little bit of, what's it called? Like margarita mix. I don't like margarita mix. It's like too sugary or whatever. So I usually like to do like soda water and squirts of lime rather than the other. But that's what I've got going over here. What do you got here? I'm also double fisting, interestingly. Um, So I'm going to try to pull both of these at the same time. I've got my his and hers wine time and brine time, but I'm doing both of them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I (laughs) I have my coffee. Because it is like eight in the morning my time, so right. you know this is just my standard um, double espresso with a little bit of vanilla oat milk, 
And yeah. then I also am drinking, just because of all of the traveling, just because the girls going back, or, you know, the holidays, just because of, like, life, and because my therapist told me I need to remember to take my vitamins and eat well, um, I am drinking, you know, the, like, emergency. I mean, it's yeah. not the name brand emergency. It is definitely, like, the Ralph's knockoff brand. I can't But that. I am doing it, <laughs> yep. Um, with hot water. So okay. my lovely, lovely sister-in-law, like, put me onto that. I don't know. It was like it's got to be like five, ten years ago at this point, where they put it in hot water, and it is so good. And I feel like because you know, if you've ever had it, it can be very sweet, and I don't like it super sweet. But I feel like when you put it in hot water, it's less sweet, and it feels really good, like on your throat if you have a sore throat. So I'm drinking hot emergency and uh, my coffee. <laughs> That's gotcha. what I'm going hey. this morning. <laughs> hey, do what you got to do, right? Cheers, me. Cheers, me. Cheers, everybody. Are you guys it? ready for a crazy episode? Burp, burp. Yep, I am. I'm ready to tell it because this is going to be a wild one. I'm excited for this. I'm very excited for this. I, so... Um, I have purposefully, and we even went on a drive yesterday, like all the way down to like Chula Vista for a birthday party. And I was like, Ooh, maybe I should listen to the podcast. Rachel suggested I listen to since I'm like into this case right now that I'd never heard of. And I was like, no, I want to hear the rest from Rachel. And then I will go listen to the podcast. Am I your favorite podcast? You are my favorite podcast. You're my like, favorite no, podcast. I need to hear it from my favorite podcast, and then I'll yeah. go listen to the others. I agree. I agree. Um, well, that's exciting. I'm glad you did it so that you could just, like, have that raw, authentic, no, true so um, emotion and reaction through everything. Yeah. And I say that in a that's kind of messed up because it's it's fucked up it's sad and it's not something that we should be excited for it's just when you are talking about these things you want to hear what's next and you want to see what it is you know that's going on um but before that something that i had told heather um on the phone i don't know yesterday or the day before is when we were creating this podcast I had had this thought, wine time, so many, so many years ago when I was a young chap. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) But I always pictured myself having this tiny little she shed in the backyard of like my house where it was like my little podcasting studio and I would go out there all the time and it would be wine time. I'd pour myself a glass and what I would be doing is whining. I would be complaining because it is kind of sad to say as I say this I'm like damn Rachel are you okay in life but I am so good at complaining about whatever there is to complain about and that is where wine time came from and I don't think we talk about that very much on this so I wanted to bring that up and right now by doing that I want to ask you Heather what do you have to whine about today like is there anything that you just need to whine about I got this sounds so bad or a lot of people, but if you are a mother, especially I am. of like toddler age, mm. I'm going to whine about my child right now. 
My oh. three-year-old. Okay, so let's just say we traveled yesterday. I was deadbeat tired because obviously traveling. Baby didn't sleep well last night. Up with her, was resting in bed. They come in to wake me up. That's fine. I needed to get up anyway. But then I'm up. I've literally been up for five minutes. I try to sit in a chair in the living room, and my toddler is, like, pushing me out of the chair. Abby is telling me, no, no, with the attitude. It's the attitude, and I can't. And so, no, mama, you're sitting where, that's where Chuck hurt stuffed animal. That's where they're sitting. You can't sit on them. And I'm like, I'm not going to move. I've been up for five minutes. I haven't had my coffee. I don't need these two little hands shoving me out of the only chair that I've decided to sit in this morning. I'm not moving. And I have, I like, you want attitude? And I know it's pointless. Throw attitude back at a three-year-old. I mean, what that is that going to do? But I was like, I'm not even awake right now. And you're going to shove me out of a chair? So I was like, no, I'm not moving. So she's crying, this, that, and the other. And... Zach's trying to be like, maybe if you ask mama nicely instead of yelling at her. No. And I'm just like, no, I don't, I don't ask me as much as you want. I'm fucking moving. And I was being so bratty about it. But I'm like, ugh. Oh. And then, like, I, ha- I had visible attitude. And I was just like, I just can't deal when she does this. And Zach's like, yeah, she's acting, you know, like a toddler. I'm like, she's acting like a brat. Yeah. <laughs> So then, thankfully, my husband took her. I still had to get up out of the chair because she legit started crying while I was sitting in this chair. Like, are you serious? Mm. Whatever. Luckily, he took her out of the room, went and got her changed. She got to put on, like, a dress that she loves. And, you know, she was fine when she came back out. But I was still all salty. I was still like, (laughs) You don't have that, like, turnover rate that toddlers do. I don't. (laughs) Don't I wish you I did. I <laughs> wish I could get about over things that quickly because it's probably like a magical way to live. Mm-hmm. But that's yeah. that's that's what my wine time is this morning. That is <laughs> I great. feel so like you know it's that mom guilt that I'm like, yeah. why are you getting all crazy about a three year old's attitude? But like they're harsh, okay? Yeah, <laughs> it can be they real come harsh. crazy. They come ready to like. what about you what is your wine time this morning what's not my wine time (laughs) (laughs) i literally could whine about anything um i guess the first thing that comes to my mind and this is not even it's not i was there it really didn't have much to do with me but this is i went to a birthday party yesterday i took my daughter to a one of her friends' birthday parties, and they held it at an indoor pool at a hotel. So oh. they rented it, right? And I didn't know you could cool. do that. I didn't know you could do that. Okay, but we're gonna get to that because I got whine about it. So, at so she had this time slot till like three thirty p.m. Okay, from noon to three thirty, she has this contract. That's her time slot. Well, around two o'clock, this mom, dad, and their son try to come to the pool that's staying at the hotel. And the the mom who's hosting is like, hey, like, we have this reserved until 3.30. The mom just kind of gives her, like, a attitude look, whatever, Uh rolls the eyes, comments under her breath, whatever. Okay, Okay, bitch. Walks away. Yeah, okay. You don't matter right now. All right, whatever. 
So then at 2.50, 2.50, this mom, the dad, and the son come back. And again, the mom that's hosting the party is like, hey, like, we have this. It's not 3.30. And the girl, this is what I'm whining about, okay? The girl goes, well, we talked to the people up at the front, and they said that your party ends at 3, so we can come in here. First of all, it's 2.50. So even if it ended at 3, you're early and you're stupid, okay? (laughs) Early and stupid. (laughs) Second of all, her contract, she pulled it up. It did say 3.30. But these people were already in the jacuzzi. And it was this whole thing about, first of all, our kids are there. We don't want random strangers. And you know what I mean? Like, they were having a great time. And they still did have a great time. Right. This did not phase them. It phased us. And that's how you have to look at it is, like, at least the kids still had a great time. They had a wonderful Mm -hmm. time. Whatever. But you don't do that. Okay, like if you think of it and what I was trying to explain to the person at the front is if we were to rent a room at Chuck E. Cheese or not the person at the front, I told the the mom, I was like, that's what the conversation needs to be had with this mom who thinks she could just come in here is if we were to pay to rent a room at another place. Right. You wouldn't walk into this room, you know. Right. So it was so stupid. And then the front office lady was such a ooh ooh, she was awful. She was awful. Um, so that's just what I'm whining about. Like, if you see that someone's having a party, mind your own business, get out of here. Don't come and barge in. It's not your place. And also if someone tells you, you can go there at three, don't show up at two 50. Yeah. Like use your brain. So that was frustrating. I will say, you know what, what I feel really bad is their son. Cause now their their son, if you like, exactly. And if you would just tell, like, if you just tell a kid, hey, like, I know we said we were going to go to the pool, but sorry, looks like we're going to have to wait, like, an hour or whatever. And you just say that. I mean, the kid is going to understand, like, that's it is what it is. But now this kid is witnessing his mother. Really? They're going to do that? We're going to walk to the front, and we're going to blah, 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 blah. And then we're going to walk back, and we're going to interrupt this person. Like, if depending on how old the son was, if my mom did that, I would feel really bad. I would be embarrassed. Yeah. Yep. It was, um... Quite the, uh, it's like, it was just stupid. It was just stupid. But I guess that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Now I have 37 other things, but another time, another time. Because we need to get into, we need to get into this. And it is happening. Right here, right now, we're doing it. Um, Last episode, or last crime episode, um, I covered the disappearance of Crystal Rogers. And today... I am covering all of the other kind of like, well, they're all murders um, in Bardstown, Kentucky. So if you have not listened to the Crystal Rogers episode that we did, I recommend stopping this, going and listening to that. Um, It's important, the information that is said in that one. This is kind of done very differently, but... It'll still give you a lot of information about the area, about the people, stuff like that. So go listen to that first and then come back. Okay. You're back. Welcome. Okay. Ready to have you guys. (laughs) I'm on one. Okay. So we're going to talk about the murders that happened throughout a few years, like a couple years in Bardstown, Kentucky. 
It sucks. It's crazy. The more I look into it, the more I research, the more I listen to, read, whatever, the more I just hate it. And all of these, every single one, and there's five, so four murders, one missing, um, nothing is solved. They are all unsolved. They're all open. So crazy. And there's no answers. So there's no leads. There's no nothing. We're going to get into that. But the first one that we are going to talk about, the first one we're going to focus on is Jason Ellis. My mom told me I have to stop moving front and back because I always like sound further away. Okay. So Jason Ellis was a father, a husband, a son, a friend, and an officer in Bardstown, Kentucky. He was a seven-year veteran in the department and in the canine unit. Growing up, Jason was a promising baseball player. He was known to have played both in high school and in college, and he had actually signed with the Cincinnati Reds, where he played in the minor league um, for two years. He was married to his wife of nine years, Amy, and he lived in Bardstown, Kentucky at the time of his murder. The couple had two children, Hunter and Parker. After baseball, he committed his life to another dream he had, which was the police force. And in 2006... Or in 2006 is when he joined the Bardstown Police Department. Like I said, Jason was a canine officer, and he was the only one in Bardstown. He was also very involved in the community and was coaching youth baseball for one of his son's teams. Ellis had just gotten off work on May 25th when he was driving home and encountered a stack of freshly cut tree limbs blocking the ramp of exit 34 off of the Bluegrass Parkway. After getting out of his police cruiser to investigate, Ellis was ambushed and shot multiple times with a 12-gauge shotgun. Uh, uh. Um, That night, after a late arrest, so that's what happened. He was ambushed. He was on his way home. He had just got off, but he was shot 12 or multiple times with a 12-gauge shotgun. Okay? So that night, he was... Getting off of work, he had just done a late arrest, and he was putting he had just put a prisoner in the Bardstown jail. Ellis had just called off his shift, and he was headed home. It was 2.30 in the morning at that time. He did not have his canine partner with him. He was also operating a different car, a different police car, which did not have a dash camera to record the incident. <gasps> Two factors, I believe, to be very important to remember and to think about by whoever did this, because that's not random, but we're going to get there later. He was getting off of his exit for home when he saw the branches and got out to clear it and was attacked. He was murdered on the scene. Ellis never even got the chance to fight back because when he was found, his weapon was still in his holster. Right. Um, A woman and a distillery worker saw the patrol car with the lights on and the branches in the street, and they found Ellis on the ground in a pool of blood and called 911. One of Ellis's closest friends, Sergeant Michael Medley, was among the first to hear the distress call on the radio. He thought that the radio had picked up a signal from a neighboring town, but then realized the location was nearby. So he drove to the ramp and was one of the first responding officers to find Ellis's dead body. The autopsy revealed that Ellis was shot multiple times in his arm, his side, his neck, his head, and other areas not protected by his vest. The weapon was the 12-gauge shotgun. So, 
what the fuck? <laughs> so what, what in the world, right? So May 29th. So this happened May 25th of 2013. Mm-hmm. On May 29th, Bardstown Police Chief Rick McCuban put out a public statement saying, we believe that he was the target. Yeah. This was methodical, precise, right. planned, and executed in a perfect fashion, unfortunately. The police and everyone believe that the debris was placed there purposefully right. for this 100%. plan. Mm-hmm. So there's like, uh, there's like interviews or whatever out there that says other people drove right by it. Because, you know, there's always two sides and people are like, oh, you could have drove by it. It wasn't placed there that way. He was a police officer. He's not going to leave stuff in the middle of the street. So he got out. If you wanted to go around onto the curb and do whatever you need to do to go by because you don't want to get out, apparently you could have done that. But he was doing his due diligence. He was doing his job even off the clock as the person who he was to do that. Okay. So six months after the killing, the state police desperately or desperate to find the killer, made a video asking the public to help them identify the perpetrators. Two years after the murder, the state police released yet another video, this time with a direct plea from Ellis's wife, Amy. In the video, she said, his family, our two sons, his wonderful friends, and I cannot heal without knowing who and why he was taken from us by this senseless murder. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. Insane. I couldn't imagine. So, and it, I mean, it happens all the time. Right. It just happened, what, a week ago in California? Like, where yeah. was that? So I'm like, it's just awful. Okay. So an anonymous prison inmate spoke with reporter Stephanie Bauer and retired homicide detective Dwayne Stanton to share information he claimed to know about what happened to Jason Ellis. Ellis's fatal shooting in 2013 was the first of four recent unsolved cases with the five victims that, you know, I'm covering in this episode, including the disappearance of Crystal. These, in the five years since Ellis's murder, police have interviewed numerous people of interest connected with the case, but no, none of the leads has ever resulted in an arrest. Though the inmates' claims about Ellis's death have yet to be substantiated by law enforcement, Bauer and Stanton opened their own inquiry into the details he provided. So what he said is that Ellis was shot because he was close to an investigation of a ring of storage, shed burglaries, and business burglaries. According to the inmate, the burglarized storage units contained high-end antiques and drugs. Oh, my God. we're going to get to because apparently the drug portion of it comes back to Nick and Brooks Hauk that I talked about in crystals. Mm. So um, he said that the inmate also said that at least four men were hired by an unidentified person to carry out Ellis's murder. And they do say that when he was ambushed, he was shot from different directions. Yeah. They couldn't confirm because they still don't know who did it, but they couldn't confirm if that was, different shooters because it was all the same style of gun right right but they didn't know because it did hit him on other sides of the body but was that because he was shot and then he moved his body to look or whatever or was it he was truly being shot from different directions to me it makes it makes 100 percent sense that they had multiple people doing the shooting because if this was 
as premeditated and planned, they would know he's getting off duty. He's wearing his vest. So they would yeah. know that and they would know we won't, it won't be able to just be a single shot to the chest. Right. We need to come at him from different angles to make sure that yep. we do it the way that they wanted to do it. And so it would make sense that they had multiple people in order to make make that happen, knowing that he would have been wearing his vest still from duty. Hi, my name is Joe, and I'm the host of Tales, Trails, and Taverns. In this show, Rob and I like to take an active approach by hiking out to haunted, creepy, and abandoned places. We love the adventure and discovering the dark history of the locations we visit. We release a new episode every Friday on Apple, Spotify, and Patreon, as well as bonus episodes on varying Tuesdays. But don't just take my word for it, we have great listeners who have left some awesome reviews. Oh, I love adventure, but during those times when I can't get into the outback, oh, I like to listen to Tales, Trails, and Taverns. Those boys dig deep into the dark history, and their first-hand experiences really delivers the excitement. This podcast is a beaut. Back when I was the governor, I didn't have time to listen to podcasts. But now that I'm retired from politics, I can focus on my two passions. Pumping iron and listening to tales, trails, and taverns. It doesn't matter who we are. What matters is that we all listen to tales, trails, and taverns. I love listening to the podcast. Wait, what's a podcast again? It's an audio show you listen to. Oh, like on the radio? Sort of, yeah. Okay. I love listening to Tulips and Tiddlywinks. It's Tales, Trails, and Taverns. And what do you do again? Hike to scary places and drink beer. Sounds terrifying. Okay. I like to listen to Terrifying Tea Time, but not on the radio. Uh, okay, thank you. You did great. You're welcome. Say, so you're kind of cute. Is there a Mrs. Tales, Trails, and Taverns? Now... Now you get it? No actual celebrities or political figures have endorsed Tales, Trails, and Taverns. All the reviews you've heard were written, fully, by the host, George Lennox, as well as the impersonations of celebrities, politicians, and movie characters. I meant no harm. Please don't sue me. I agree 100%. And not only did they think that through, they knew that. They knew that the canine wasn't with him. With him. And they knew that he didn't have his patrol car that had a dash cam. So it was, like, like the chief said, methodically planned out. To the T. So the inmate also had said that at least four men were hired by the person, right? But Mm. he didn't know, he didn't disclose how he knew them. When asked why this information hasn't come out before, he explained to Bauer that the men involved had already been eliminated and that someone had to tie up those loose ends. So whoever was involved in this shooting had already been eliminated is what this inmate is saying. So we don't know. So like like he, they had been looked into and the cops were like, oh no, that person is not a person of interest. No, I don't think that's what he's saying. He's saying eliminated as yes. in killed. Yes. <gasps> yep. The two investigators, they had visited with Ellis's family to see if they could shed light on any of this information that the inmate was saying. And they weren't able to verify any of it, right? And Ellis's family contended that they always thought it was more than one person involved in the shooting, yeah. which makes a lot of sense. Um, but it's never been sh- like disbelief, however, has never been shared with them or confirmed by law enforcement. So there is no because we don't know because we don't know. Right. Um, even though the details surrounding the brutal slaying of Officer Ellis remain a mystery to this date, he lives in he lives on in the memories of his family and his coworkers. While the crime has been a tough one to cope with for those who knew and loved him, many still hope for answers someday. 
Until then, they choose to honor Officer Ellis's life and legacy. It is sad. It is so sad. This is just one of the many that are unsolved. And I feel like after every single one that I talk about today, I'm just going to say, if you know something, if you see something, if you've heard something, you say something. I think I'm wearing the perfect shirt right now to say that too, because in this episode, you guys go back and listen to Loretta Jones and Heidi's interview. If you know something, you say something. Someone came forward so many years later, it helped to move forward 46 years later to get something like solved. Yeah. You don't have to wait 46 years. Yeah. You can say something now. It's, it's sucky. Okay. So next Kathy and Samantha Netherland. Um, this is a mother and a daughter and trigger warning. The whole episode is a trigger warning, but this one, it's very brutal. So Kathy and Samantha were found murdered in their home on April 22nd, 2014. Kathy did not show up for work and her coworkers couldn't get a hold of her. And when detectives arrived to the house, they found the two of them brutally murdered. It was awful. It was an awful scene. Kathy was 48 years old. She was a special education teacher. And Samantha was 16. She was a sophomore in high school. What we do know for a fact is that Kathy, so I'm going to give a little bit about them, but Kathy loved her work and she participated in many extracurricular events such as volunteering and donating to the Special Olympics. The principal of Bardstown Elementary School, Paul Bowling, recalled that Kathy was an energetic teacher. She put a lot of energy into helping her kids and was very passionate about what she did. Side note, but it's very possible that she had actually rubbed elbows with the wife of Jason Ellis, Amy, who Um, often worked as a substitute teacher at the school. uh uh So we'll get back to that later. The year before this, Kathy's husband, Robert, was taken suddenly by cancer. She did her best to stay strong and carry on for herself and for her two daughters, Samantha and Holly. Samantha had recently been accepted into the Gatton Academy program, an affiliate of Western Kentucky University. It was an early college entrance program, which required good grades and plenty of extracurriculars. The mom said, I'm very excited for her. This was her goal and her dream. And despite everything that has happened over the past year with the loss of her father, she did this on her own. I couldn't be Mm -hmm. prouder of her. One of the um, people with the Kentucky State Police, Gotti Sharp, said, during the course of our investigation, we have seen that they are just upstanding citizens. And then one of the relatives, Stacy Hubbard, said they were two really good people who tried their best to make their surroundings better. The This family, the two of them, like everyone says, first of all, no one deserves this. Nobody yeah. deserves this. But they just had no bad blood, nothing wrong, nothing going yeah. on. They were involved they were church people they were doing their best a special education teacher a sophomore in high school like they were just brutally murdered okay so the scene in the home was awful kathy had been shot several times samantha was bludgeoned 
and both of their throats were slashed. Investigators seemed stumped from the beginning. One of the only clues released was a blurry gas station surveillance photo of a black Chevrolet Impala. Police suspect the driver of that car, or suspect the driver of that car may have information about the case. And one of the Kentucky State Police say that whoever was in that car was in that house during the time this crime was committed. He's just saying that that is the only thing that is tied to this case so far. But they were never able to find the car. They were never able to find a suspect at all in this case. But at this time, because it was so close to and so recent, Many people started to wonder if Jason Ellis's murder was connected to this murder as well. Because Bardstown, right. it was supposed to be this small, safe, beautiful community. So why is this happening? One right. officer down and now two people attacked in their home. And I'll get into what I was about to say. But the other daughter, and you have to think of this in the worst way ever, she just lost her three family members in a, a year or two. Fan, it sucks. But she says, I miss them more than anybody in the world, Ollie Netherland said. No one realizes just how much I wish I could trade places with them. Holly mm-hmm. had been two hours away in college when she received that awful phone call. In an interview, she said, on April 22nd, I received a phone call that shattered my life. My mother and my sister were dead. The first thought ran in, ran through my head was, God, you can't take them. You took my daddy. You can't have them too. I'm about to start my period, so it's like really hard to try not to cry. Yeah. Even if I wasn't going to start. I was going to say, I'm not even about to start my period, and I'm definitely trying not to cry. So I will end by saying that Samantha and Holly's great aunt, Barbara Donahue, she revealed that Samantha would have been or would be buried in her prom dress. She had just picked out the weekend prior to her death. Oh, Family God. wanted her to be able to wear it at least once. She was going to go to that prom that weekend. She had her dress, her shoes, her earrings, everything laid out to go. And now it had all came to an end. How sad right. is that? That It's so sad. Like, oh, nope. fuck. I know. I know. And that's why at the end of all of these, just like this one, I'm going to say, if you know something, if you see something, if you hear something, you say something. Because in this small, knit, tiny community, are there no answers? Right. Something is bigger, right? (sighs) Okay. Next, in this year after year crime happening in Bardstown is the disappearance of Crystal Rogers, which is what the whole previous episode was all about. You could go listen to it there to get all of the information. But here I will say, the weekend of 4th of July of 2015, Crystal Rogers, she was a mother of five. She was a daughter of Sherry and Tommy Ballard. She was a girlfriend, a friend, a person of the community. And in 2015, she went missing. And she's still missing. Her mother, Sherry, truly believes she is no longer with us, but prays for answers every single day. 
Jerry and Tommy Ballard were rocked hard when their daughter went missing that day, and they have spent every single day since searching and fighting for answers. Until a year later, November 19th of 2016, Tommy Ballard, Crystal Rogers' father, was murdered while going out to hunt with his grandsons. He was, like, he literally parked his truck, walking out there. His 11-year-old grandson was with him, went to grab something from the car, heard the noise, turned around to see his grandfather, Dot, and on the ground. He died on the scene. So, man. Tommy Ballard was a proud father, brother, grandfather, friend, and husband. He had two granddaughters, or sorry, he had two daughters, Crystal and Brooke, and a son, Casey. He was in construction, he was a man of the church, and he was married to Sherry, and they had eight grandchildren. The day Tommy was killed, Tommy had plans to go hunting on his property with his grandson. By 7.54, the authorities were called to their property for a death investigation. Tommy had been shot in the chest from behind, and he died on the scene. They ruled out the family that was with him, they ruled out that it was a hunting incident, and they do say this was a murder. But just like everything else I've said so far, it has also been unsolved. Jason Ellis, the man thank Kathy Neverland, Crystal Rogers, Tommy Ballard have all been a part of this tragedy taking place in Bardstown, and there's no answers. No arrests, no justice, no closure, no nothing. Just awful, awful crime. So 2013, or 2013, <laughs> how do you speak words? 2013 to 2016, these five people were taken, and yet not a single one of them has been given the justice that they deserve. The families haven't been given the closure or the answers that they need. It's so sad to think about. And again, I'm going to say, speak their names. Talk about them constantly. Share this. Share articles. Get them as widely noticed and known about as possible because people know things. Someone knows yeah. something, and these need to be solved. And who knows? Who knows that if one of these is solved, right? could it help solve the others? That's exactly, right? so that's exactly what I was just saying, like, or thinking. I didn't say it. Um, right? A lot of times with, like, these serial killers or, like, people who have committed multiple crimes and, you know, whether it's because they've done it across like state lines, whether they're spread out, whatever, maybe it's a big city. Um, so like they don't understand that they're connected or they don't see like the lines connecting them together. Sometimes that, like you hear about it all the time from way back in the day when, when departments did not talk to each other, if they were spaced out, once right. one was solved, they could like, like dominoes, they started connecting things to other open cases. And that's what's so crazy is, like, you you expect in, like, a larger city like L.A. to see times like this happening day in and day out. You never expect that they're connected. But right. then when you go to a town like this, like, it's not what, what I'm thinking in my head is if these were not connected, if these all happened separately, then it would be easier, I feel like, to find a piece of evidence to link someone Right? right? Like, oh, and then we found this suspect for this case and a completely different suspect for this case if they were not connected. But the fact that they're connected, it makes me think 
it's someone who is very smart, someone who knows how to cover their tracks because they've been doing this for a long time. Like they know how to commit these crimes and they know like I need to be, I need to be hiring people that I can eliminate later. I need to be, you know, covering my tracks such that like they won't realize that these are all connected. And so it makes me think that it's someone who really knows what they're doing. It most definitely is. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, if these were just random attacks, I feel like it would have been easier to find ev- like a, a piece of evidence here, a piece of evidence here to link it back to someone. But the fact that they're not, they're stuck. It's crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, so now that I've talked about each of them, you guys have a little bit of information on those five. I'm going to go off a completely different direction on a tangent. You can take what you will from it. This is all allegedly speaking. Some of it is factual. I'm going to give you some stuff that's definitely out there in the world. And some of it is just me piecing things together with the rest of the people who believe most of these things are to be connected in a bigger problem. In the Crystal Rogers episode, you heard me talk about her boyfriend, Brooks. And his brother, Nick, so Brooks and Brooks Hauk and Nick's Hauk, and we're going to start there. Um, there's possible connection between some of them, for sure. I truly, I'm not sure if Kathy and Samantha Netherland are connected. Um, but, you know, some people put it together and think that they are. Other people, they don't. And there's no answers. So everything I say right now, don't come for me. Because this is just what I think. And I am allowed to think whatever I want. So the reason that I'm I'm not too sure about Samantha and Kathy, the brutality of the murder of these two. um, First of all, it seems very personal. A lot of the time when you see something so extreme, there, I shouldn't say a lot of the time, but you do see that there's this personal vendetta um, against these people in the more brutal, torturing situations. And from the outside and the inside, from what I've researched, they they seem like good people, you know. So who would want to do this? And there's a lot of theories that have been out there that have been thrown out there. And one of them is the older sister, Holly. I don't think I could sit with that, but some people believe she has not been okay since the passing of her father. You know, she's away on college. She has this struggle against her her sister and her mother, and she's the only one who has anything to gain if they go away financially. That's so, crazy. It is crazy. I do not think that, but that is something that's out there. Um, so I'm just going to move on from that one. <laughs> but it is it is out there, and it's freaking awful to think about. A random person. Okay, that would make sense in a way, right? Because mm. was, I mean, how many times do you see how you were saying mm. earlier about serial killers and, and pieces connecting them and the Golden State Killer? Certain people that, like, right. do things throughout, Right. If it was a random person, 
I have some issues with it because nothing was stolen. It wasn't about the house. Trigger warning. There was, I mean, trigger or not, there was no sexual assaults. Mm. It was nothing like that. For such a brutal thing to happen, yet nothing else to be a part of it, it just throws me off in a way. Mm-hmm. That just, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't connect. And things don't have to connect. I mean, none of this should be happening anyway, so there should be no mm-hmm. fucking connections, <laughs> you know? Um, people have pointed out that Kathy Netherlands could have known Amy Ellis. And... Had someone found something out? I don't know. Another wild thing that had happened was not long before the murders, Kathy was in home and she heard this really loud noise and she didn't know what the hell it was or whatever. She ends up going to check on it. Her security door, the one in the front that you open to get into your door, was completely broken, shattered. There was that big sound. She went out to check on it. The whole door was broken. So was this a first attempt? Was 100%. someone trying to get in at this point, right? Or make it so, easier to get in the next time. Right. Breaking down a security she, door. She did go get back later. She did go get it fixed. Good but people also talk about gang initiation. All of it's horrible. Right? So if it, I mean if it was a gang initiation, to me, that's one of the more probable mm-hmm. ways to look at it, honestly. I don't want to, that's so sad. Easy target. A good family, good people. Yeah. Go find someone who's going to be easy target. It's yeah. messed up. You know what I mean? Um, but there are still no answers. So we have to figure, we need to find answers. You got to figure something out. Um, but with them, I don't, I don't know if you could tie it or connect it to to the others. Um, Do they have a storage unit? Not that I found. Um, so this is so like why I'm saying that in go my off. mind. What I'm thinking, it's something as simple as they have a storage unit, or they were driving by a storage unit. Mm-hmm. It's it can be that simple. Could be that. It simple. can be that simple. And right. what is happening in my mind is. Alice, there was people, the the thought is there were people, according to the inmate, there were people that were hired to kill him. And then those people were then killed. Right. Whoever is at the top hired someone and didn't realize that that person was not like a, like a professional, like whatever, that they were insane yeah. And they went ham instead of right. just, like, a simple execution. They went over the top, right? Yeah, and sure. And th- it's as simple as that. I mean, it would make sense that it, like, they were killed for a reason, like, completely. And it's a small town. They were at a storage unit. They saw something fishy, and they recognized whoever it was that they saw. Something yep. as simple as that. I, yes, I agree 100% that it could be that simple. Um, A couple other things with them, um, because I went on Reddit. Deep dive. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, there's people, 
you know, like I said, some of this is factual, some of this is just whatever. But someone had said that they had heard that Kathy or Samantha was involved somehow with one of the Hauk children, either as a teacher or a babysitter. I don't know the details or if that's a fact whatsoever. Um, another one had talked about the gang initiation, that it was a, Louis yeah. a Louisville gang member that was being initiated and that they had heard that somewhere that they, that it was them, but uh -huh. they said it was them. Why has that not been figured out yet? You know, another thing that was brought out and I, I was looking just now cause I was trying to see which sister but I can't find which sister. But one of the things that was talked about is one of the sister's boyfriends the mom didn't like. Mm -hmm. And she had uninvited him to, like, the Thanksgiving dinner the, the year before type thing. Um, okay. She really didn't want them being together type thing. And like I said, I don't know if it was Samantha. I don't know if it was Holly, which I should know. But... Could it have been, people have talked about, could it have been a retaliation on right. his part? Was it right. something that he had that issue? Did she not like him because she knew that he had these things about him, you know, yeah. and could he have done something like this? So if it was Samantha, people talk about the fact that if he went there to kill the mom, did Samantha end up seeing him? So then he had to kill her and that's why it was so brutal. Yeah. If it was yeah. Holly, is that why Holly's still alive and Samantha... And Kathy were taken. So that one is really, that's, it's wild. That one's crazy. But we're going to move on from that one. And now we are going to connect the other three. So, okay. Um, Jason Ellis, Crystal Rogers, Tommy Ballard, allegedly, <laughs> gotta say the word 27 times throughout the podcast. These are connected. The Hauk brothers are known in the Bardstown area. <laughs> Everybody, I'm doing quotations. <laughs> Brooks is a successful person in construction and in real estate. And Nick is a police officer. From an outsider, from someone who listens and researches and thinks in a true crime mindset... That's a perfect combination right there oh, of yeah. taking over an area. So sure. just want to point that out. They were definitely into some shady shit. Was it money? Was it trafficking? Was it drugs? I'm not really sure. But it started with Jason. He was on the force with Nick. So Nick Houck is one of the brothers. It's said that they were never really buddies or friends. They never mm -hmm. really had any conflict that people could... Say, like, oh, they had this big issue or whatever mm -hmm. um, between the two of them. But the chief had said that they would just do their own thing. And the worst of it would be not inviting the other person to the cookout, right? It was, like, never okay. anything in front of other people. But it's, like, they were not buddies. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So, Jason Ellis, he was the lead in the department on looking into drug cases and was right. currently deep into the investigation of storage units or sheds that were possibly being used for drugs and other crimes. So this inmate, how does he have this information? That was not that was not put out to the public. You know yeah. what I mean? Was yeah. that a tip? Did someone give him that to, to say? Who knows? Um, but so were Nick and Brooks involved in this? You know what I mean? Yeah. It wouldn't have been the first or the last time 
that you would see an officer doing dirty work. And did he see, did Nick see that Jason was on to him? With all of that said, whoever killed him, whoever did it, knew certain details of Jason's routine of Mm -hmm. his specific, that specific day. Right. You know what I mean? They knew he wasn't going to have his canine because I truly believe if that dog was there, he's going to run. He's going to kill all of them. That's how my brain works. Yeah. That little buddy is going to do that. Okay. Yeah. But he didn't have his canine. He didn't have his patrol vehicle that had the dash cam. They knew this. They 100% It just, it's crazy. So someone knew he wasn't in the car with that, right? Someone placed those branches there. Someone on the inside, like, because like the general public isn't going to know, but someone who works for the police department who hears him say, I'm calling that I'm leaving, blah, 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 blah. Like someone who sees that he's taking a different car, someone who knows that like, it's someone inside. It's not just like public. And even if it wasn't one of them that actually did the killing, Someone from the inside knew to tell whoever it was, hey, this is the day you're going to do it. He's not going to have this. This is not, you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things is the branches that were put there were from an entirely different county. They didn't just get cut off a tree branch right there. They were not a part of one of the trees that was local to that area. It was from a place like, I, I feel like when I read it, it was like 30 to 45 minutes in a different area. So they That's were brought crazy. Right. Such a weird, odd thing to say. So it is believed that, you know, they ambushed him. It was to silence him. So who and why? We, we still don't know. We don't know. But Brooks was dating Crystal. Crystal was said, and I talk about it in a previous episode, to actively be trying to separate from Brooks. Did she know something? Did Brooks slip up and accidentally tell her something? Did she see something? Did she find something out? Whatever it is. And is her missing disappearance because he couldn't let that get out. Right. That was not going to be something that was allowed. She could not have that possible. She couldn't have the ability to do that. So they had to figure that out and is that why when brooks was in the interrogation room nick called him and said you need to get out of there a police officer interrupting an investigation of his brother interfering all of that right why why would he get out of there if you have nothing to to lose if you didn't do anything if you're innocent which you obviously did something they have camera they have video footage of you on the farm that you guys were supposedly brooks and crystal were out on the farm with their two-year-old feeding the cows in the pouring rain that day yet you see brooks truck going in you see nick's truck going in you see them both leaving what happened there because no one saw crystal after that what happened there you know um they actually so another thing that i didn't say in the episode before and i apologize for that they did a full sweep or whatever the right terminology is of Nick's 
vehicles too, uh-huh. both of their vehicles, but Nick's uh, patrol car, and he had like bodily fluids, and they had like a clean, like it was cleaned recently. But they do say that you're supposed to clean your your patrol car yeah. every day before you go out. So who knows? Um, but it was never able to connect back to Crystal. So I don't know. But okay, moving forward. Tommy Ballard spent every waking second trying to figure out where Crystal was until he was shot in his chest and murdered. Another, just like Jason Ellis, just shot. He wasn't ambushed from different directions. He was shot in his chest. But is it because, hey, guess what? Tommy wasn't wearing a chest chest guard. He wasn't wearing a vest. Exactly. But it was the same setup. You know where you're going to be. You get out of your car. Yes. And you're shot. Like, that's. So he was getting too close to finding answers. Was he causing too much of a ruckus or bringing too much attention to these brothers? It is all wild. You know, every single thing in those three and possibly in all five. Because mm-hmm. there might be, they might be tied or connected. I don't know. But yeah. definitely those other threes, there is something shady. I don't know specifically if they murdered each one. That They murdered Crystal. That's what I'm going to say. It's out there. Did they have someone else do it to Jason? Did they do it to Jason? They did it to Tommy. I'm going to say that too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's, Mm -hmm. it is, it's there. I believe that. I truly believe that. And yet, is it being covered up? Is the inside staying quiet? Do they know things, but they don't want it to get out there? Have they covered things up? Have certain people covered things up and now they're no longer a part of the force and it's not there. Were things mm-hmm. lost on purpose? Why is this not answered? How are there five unsolved things in a short amount of time? It just, it makes no sense to me. So right now, I would love to know what you guys think. I want to hear it. I want to know it. And until then, I just want you guys to share this. Like I said earlier, get the word yeah. out because we desperately want answers for the families of these victims. Yeah. It's it's messed up. So, I mean, before all of that, do you, well, actually, before I let you say anything else you want to say, if you guys have any information or leads or tips, you can connect or connect. You can contact they, the Bardstown, Kentucky State Police. They have an anonymous tip line at 502-348-HEAT. Again, that's 502-348-HEAT. Or the team that Tommy Ballard had formed before he was murdered is still working hard every single day over at team crystal on Facebook. And you can reach out to someone there and say whatever it is you need to say. And they are putting things together and trying to piece things together to figure things out. And they've already figured it out. It's how do you connect it? Yeah. How do you put that one thing out there that says, this is the one thing you need to get justice, you know? So, that's all. That's all I've got for you guys, man. Heather, what are you thinking? How do you feel about all of that? It's insane, right? Because, like I said, for so many "quote unquote" random things to happen in such a small area within that time frame is just statistically seems very unlikely. First, second, I mean, it's. I think it's very clear that crystal and her dad that's 
100% like the same people. And then the similarities between uh, Crystal's dad, between Tommy and Alice, like being an ambush, being set up, like that's, that's also very weird. And I don't think it would take, it only takes one small connection because clearly someone's trying to cover their tracks and make sure, like, like you said, they let something slip to Crystal and Crystal now knows too much. Like that's all it takes. Especially maybe she had known for a while, but then when she starts letting on that she's going to leave him, now he's scared that she's no longer loyal. She's no longer a ride or die. And now he has to do something about it. Yeah, for sure. So it, but it only takes one small thing, one teeny tiny connection to, to tie in the Netherlands. Like that's it just, they have a storage unit. They, who knows, like they started talking to Crystal one day at the grocery store, you know, yeah, the smallest thing would connect those two. It's and in a small town, it could be anything, right? Absolutely. A hundred percent. It's, I mean, the, the crazy thing is, and what, what really sucks about it is the fact that they are, are all still unsolved. Like you, I mean, guys, we never know, right? Like the, the cops could have, the investigation could have a lot more evidence that they're not putting out there, which is the right thing to do if they're close and they need to keep these things close to the, so that they can do what they need to do and make sure a prosecute, like the prosecution is able to have what they need to convict. But the fact that there's not much else and that these are still unsolved makes me believe that whoever is at the top of this, because I do believe these are all connected, if not, like right. you said, three of the five are definitely connected, is very smart and has inside knowledge and connections, which makes Agreed. another police officer very likely right. to be involved. Because it's someone with insider knowledge, someone with insider information <clears throat> is very likely to be able to get away with these as opposed to, like, a random crime. Yeah. Yep. Oof. Damn. 100%. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. I mean, from from us, from me and Heather, just, first of all, rest in peace. Rest yeah, in paradise 100%. to Jason Ellis. The Netherland, Samantha Netherland, Tommy Ballard, and then I don't want to say it. You know, I know that some people believe that Crystal's gone, but right now she's missing. So, I mean, I pray that she's vibes, still alive. Right, but you know, at right. the end of the day, we don't know until not we have those answers. In that favor, like right, but I but, mean that part, and then for the families and the friends and everyone who is dealing with this or the people that are just putting in all of the countless hours and efforts to find uh-huh. answers. Good luck. And I mean, if, if, if any of you guys hear this and there's anything that we, I don't know what it is other than try to get their names out there for people, but if there's anything that we can do to help in any way, please let us know. Um, and until then, anytime that I hear any sort of update on anything, We'll let you guys know, and hopefully it happens soon. Hopefully this never dies down. Hopefully it never becomes back of the mind. 
secondhand. You know what I mean? Like it needs to stay at the forefront and as important every single day. Like it was the first day until there are answers and it just needs to keep going. So yeah, that is the episode for today. And like I said, go follow team crystal and see all the information. If you guys haven't looked into this, look into it. Let us know, reach out to us what you guys think. If you guys have any other information that we didn't touch on or I didn't touch on, let me know. Um, everything that I talked about, which is a lot, there's a lot of sources from last episode and this episode will be posted in the show notes so that you guys can go do your own deep dive. And of course, as always, you can email us at winetimemoms at gmail.com or you can find us at wine underscore time underscore pod on Instagram or TikTok or just wine time on Facebook groups. Um, that's a private group. So you gotta, you gotta ask to be invited to come in <laughs> and I'll decide if I like you or not. <laughs> Get it. Um, but yeah, until next week, that is the episode and you guys said it a hundred billion times, but if you see something, if you know something, say something, it's important. People are wanting answers, needing answers. And deserving. They just, des- they deserve them. You're right. Deserving 100%. of peace. Like 100%. Yeah. yeah. For sure. All right, Heather. That is it. So we'll talk to you guys next week. We love you guys and peace out. I'm going to go drink my lemon cucumber water and chill out. Relax because it's a Sunday. Just kidding. I'm going to edit all day. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that all could right. be how you relax. We, you know, to each their own. That's the task. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. <laughs> okay. I love you. Bye. Okay. Love you. Bye. It is solvable. It was solvable two weeks after it happened. March 25th, 2004, Cross Plains, Tennessee. Their last day, question mark. Jennifer, just 21, stands in the kitchen of her boyfriend, Joey Benton's family home, where she and her two-year-old daughter, Adriana Wicks, have been living. She has the only phone in the home in her hand and is on a call with her father. Jennifer expresses how the night before, she and her boyfriend's parents, Joe and Cindy Benton, had been involved in a very heated argument. In fact, it was so heated that Jennifer was still rattled from the night before. She moves the receiver down to talk to a muffled female voice coming from behind her. She then says goodbye to her father and hangs up the phone. And what happens next? Well, that's what we're here to find out, isn't it? Jennifer and Adriana Wicks have not been seen or heard from since March 25th, 2004. I'm a true crime investigative podcaster living in the same town where the Wicks girls went missing. Hi, I'm Jules, and I've teamed up with Jennifer's sister, Casey Robinson, to ask some big questions from our little hush town that we've been too afraid to ask each other over the last 20 years. Where are Jennifer and Adriana Wicks? Small towns talk and guess what? We're listening. Missing in Hushtown is coming 2024, wherever you get your podcasts. The entire first season will drop in August. We'll see you then.